Bonjour, gents. Jamie in the house. How are you? All good in the hood, I hope. Right, let's get cracking. Uh, apologies for a little bit of late. I was just in the ladies' group, and uh, and yeah, I've got a lot of questions as well, which is excellent. I have a lot of things I want to go through tonight on this live. Um, a lot of them are actually. Da, 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 what's going on in my head? I'm trying. I'm going to change this. Let's put some bricks in. Nice oh, bell. My head's a bit blurry. Um, there we go. Oh, that's bell. Sight bell. I wanted a bit of Arnold behind me, but never mind. Uh, Matt, how long till I'm buff as fuck? Great group, great program, great stuff. Well, thank you. That is awesome to hear. And um, and yeah, um, I'm gonna. I, I'm reading some of these comments while I'm talking because I've got lots of things that I want to cover about muscle building, which are going to be uh, immensely beneficial. Oliver, key principles of a lean bulk. I'd rather slowly and optimally put muscle on rather than muscle and fat and feel better all year round rather than a bulk in a long cut cycle. What's the key points advice you can give except um, optimal amounts of muscle per month versus how much overall weight you should put on each month for someone who's been lifting around two years isn't a total beginner. So Oliver, firstly, fantastic question. And the first thing that we're going to look at with regards to that is how much muscle realistically you can build in a certain time frame based on um, your training age. If you've been training two years and you know, you're know you not a total beginner, then I would put you as kind of an intermediate lifter. And when, when you're put into that kind of intermediate perspective, when it comes to muscle building, you're probably looking realistically at around, I would say maybe a pound and a half to two pounds of muscle a month. Now, when we look at that from a calorie perspective, when we're kind of doing the calculations, we're looking at a pound of muscle being around, let's just say three and a half thousand calories. When we understand that, a pound and a half, we're looking at about 5,400 calorie surplus per month. Now, I have a macro calculator which is being completed this week, which will be able to give you your exact calories for this equation. Now, when we break that down, it's probably about 170 calorie surplus per day for a month to month basis. If and this is very much if we are actually gaining a pound and a half muscle per month. And of course, some of that is going to be fat. So even if we looked at maybe a three pound weight gain per month, we're looking at about just, over, just under a pound a week gain. Now, when we're looking at it like that, my kind of approach would be to take three steps forward and one step back. What I would probably focus on doing is look to gain about three pounds of body weight and then focus on a week-long deficit in order to drop one or two pounds. Now, there's many different reasons for this, but the main thing is to make yourself feel a little bit better to keep your body well responsive 
and to kind of give you those little kind of breaks in between the surpluses, which can actually be beneficial not only from a physiological point of view, but from a psychological point of view too. And when you understand is that building muscle is, there's so many variables um, involved, it is fucking slow and painful, which is why you need to enjoy what it is that you're doing. So what I would say is aim to gain around two to three pounds a month, maybe focus on six week periods with a two week deficit and think of think of that as in going two three steps forward one step back because when you're one step back you're two, you're still two steps forward this can also be a great strategy for weight loss you know if someone for example weighs 220 pounds loses 20 pounds sorry yeah loses 20 pounds but then afterwards gains 10 pounds but maintains that weight loss at 210 pounds then effectively you know they they're still 10 pounds lighter than when they started now when they start their next calorie deficit maybe they drop down to 195 and then during that leveling out period they maintain at 205 so over those kind of three steps forward one step back analogy they are 15 pounds further on from where they started and this is a great way to also look at muscle building and some of the tips that I'm going to give you in a bit will really help you with that um, there we go. Jason my main goal is is wanting to lose weight and not that bothered right now on building muscle would you suggest maybe doing walking running and biking football as opposed to going to the gym and lifting weights uh, my answer to that Jason is no not at all what you want to be on what you want to be doing is not using exercise to lose weight that sounds a bit counterintuitive but hear me out it's your calorie deficit which will enable you to drop body fat in line with that you want to be lifting weights and the reason that you want to be doing that is because you don't want to look like a lighter version of your former self it's building muscle getting stronger and dropping body fat that is going to have you having those body compositional changes so you're going to look better as you drop the weight because you will be building muscle but the thing that confuses a lot of people is when we say building muscle needs to be in a calorie surplus and dropping body fat needs to be in a calorie deficit when in actual fact most people who are focused on fat loss probably are pretty new to lifting or training properly so they're going to be building muscle during that change anyway and they're going to notice those body compositional changes so what i would focus on jason is maintaining a calorie deficit to drop the body fat if you enjoy walking running and biking look at them as tools okay they are tools that are going to enable you to play a better game in maintaining a calorie deficit but make sure that you're lifting the weights. They're, it's the lifting the weights that are going to make you look sexy as fuck. Okay? How many run... Like, don't, be, don't be pissed off by that. But how many people have runners on their wall as idols? Okay? How many people have um, marathon runners on their wall as idols? They don't. They have Arnold Schwarzenegger on their wall. They have... You know, when when you picture your ideal physique, it's not somebody who can run for 26 miles, is it? Let's be honest. 
You know, if you are ask, you know, if I ask a hundred men what their ideal physique is, they're not going to say Mo Farah. They're not. They're going to say Arnold Schwarzenegger. They're going to say The Rock. They're going to say, you know, maybe not Vin Diesel because he's let himself go a bit. But you see where I'm coming at from that. Lift weights because it's lifting weights that are going to make you sexy as fuck. Dan, I'm starting a six-week mini shred next week ahead of my holiday to make sure I'm looking my best. Any advice on best way to maintain muscle and for what macro split to go for? Um, just create a slight slight deficit and not too extreme, Dan. Uh, that would be the simple answer to that one. Um, is there any truth in cardio isn't particularly optimal alongside muscle building? Um, when, Like I said, Toby, when, it, when you're looking at tools, when we're talking about what's optimal... Um, if you are lifting weights and you are running and your nutrition is on point, then you have nothing to worry about. If you are not tracking your nutrition, if you are doing too much cardio and not lifting enough weights, that's going to have an adverse effect. It all depends on your habits and routines. But if we are measuring and managing things, then no, the answer is no. I was pushing a sled, so very much cardio-based activity, five, six, seven hours a week doing more cardio than the average man. And I looked shredded. I looked almost stage ready. And I, I didn't lose much muscle, much muscle at all. Um, Mr. Turner, uh, what is a good cycle to look at building then cutting phase? Um, I think, I, yeah, three sets for one set back analogy. Um, definitely that one. Um, why do strong men eat like 10,000 calories per day? Is it just because of the heavy lifts that they do? Sean, this is a great question. Why do strong men eat 10,000 calories per day? If you've seen the average strong man, okay, the average strong man to the bulk is about six foot four, six foot seven, and weighs a certain amount. Now, in order for you to weigh 27 stone, 30 stone at six foot seven, six foot six, you need to eat a fucking lot of calories. And a lot of strong men, they need to have a lot more weight on them for some of the events. It's a lot easier to pull a plane when you're 10 kilos heavy or heavier or 20 kilos heavier than the other competitor. An example of this, when you look at Eddie Hall, and you look at Eddie Hall, the world's strongest man in Eddie Hall now, and I, of course, I interviewed Eddie Hall. He had to get himself to an incredibly unhealthy weight in order to win the World's Strongest Man, which is why he only did one World's Strongest Man, because he didn't want to put himself and his family through what it took to, to put that much weight on. He's 45 kilos lighter now. And it, so, you know, why do strong men? Mainly because they've got to put that bulk on. Um, simple as that. Um, so James, I'm finding the three day rest period in the superhero cycle too much rest, but want to balance the benefits of the rest. Any recommendations for exercises during the rest period, do's and don'ts. So James, great question. So the superhero cycles are broken down into Monday, Tuesday, uh, Thursday and Friday with a, with a rest day Wednesday. What I would focus on yourself is use an additional day. I mean, ideally, I recommend people have at least one full rest day per week and one what I class as active rest day. So I would put Wednesday as your full rest day. I would put Saturday as your week point training. So 
train something that you need to work more on as that Saturday. That could even be stretching and mobility. And then that Sunday, have an active rest day. Do something that's active, such as walking, cycling, or something like that. Get out into uh, the countryside, and you'll find that that as it would work um, in incredibly well. Um, and that's certainly what I do. And that's great because that means you can smash your superhero cycles and then do something on the Saturday that you enjoy doing to work on your weak points and increase that volume. Right, gents, I have got shit tons of muscle building tips for you. Do you want to hear them? Well, it's tough. I mean, you can switch off, but you're going to hear them. So I've got some great muscle building tips here. And you might not have heard of them. You might have heard of them, but I'm going to explain some of them so you better understand them. Uh, so number one, and this can be an interesting one, and this may be something that I will be adding into the superhero cycles. So, of course, stay tuned. But number one is what's called cluster sets. So for those of you who don't know what a cluster set is, it basically is a set of weights where you give yourself a lot more rest between reps than you normally would. For example, let's just say you're doing a heavy deadlift. Um, let's just say you're working at about 85% of your one rep max. And you can only do, I don't know, four reps. So how a cluster set works is that you do one rep and then you would rest between 10 to 45 seconds before lifting the next rep. So for example, you do one rep on a deadlift, you give yourself 15 second rest, and then you do another rep. And the thing about cluster sets is because you're giving yourself more rest periods in between the reps, you're able to lift more weight. As with anything, there are trade-offs for that. Because if you are increasing your rest periods between each and every rep, especially if you're waiting 20 seconds per rep, then the time spent in the gym will increase and the chances of you doing more exercises might decrease, therefore affecting your overall training volume. However, if time isn't a factor and you have allocated uh, more frequency in your training, as in more training days, then it can be a great strategy for getting heavier weight in and potentially more volume. So cluster sets is definitely an interesting one to look at when it comes to training. The next one, which gets easily confused with cluster sets, is rest pause. Now, I'm a huge fan of rest pause, and I will be adding these into the superhero cycles. You may have seen these in my previous programs, and I've called them strip sets. So rest pause is basically giving yourself a training number, let's just say 12 reps, and lifting in a weight where you can't do those 12 reps. But what you're gonna do is rest pause until you get that desired rep range. So if you are, say, lifting at about 80% of your one rep max, you're aiming for 12 reps, and you can only hit that for, I don't know, seven to eight, you do seven to eight reps, you would drop the weight, you'd rest pause for about five seconds, you'd stick the weight back up, nine, 10, maybe only get two more out, drop down, nine, um, wait five seconds, and then 11, 12. 
So strip sets, rest pause can be a great technique in order to make sure that you're not dropping the weight and the volume down with your lifts and you're able to lift kind of more weight and get more volume in because you're giving your body more rest um, in between. So that is rest pause technique. Bang for your buck. Now you hear me say this all the time. It is so important to start any workout, which you will see that I do with nearly every workout that I program with you guys, is to concentrate on your compounds. Compound movements are multi-joint exercises that work more than, of course, one muscle group, which is why they're so beneficial when you know what we want to be aiming to do is hit muscle groups two to three times a week in order to make sure that we get those gains. So a little bit of a, a kind of a list of my go-to um, compound exercises for each muscle group. And the ones that I particularly say are game changers with that muscle group. When it comes to legs, you're looking at squats, deadlifts, and lunges. When it comes to biceps, chin-ups, and any kind of curl. Making sure that you're taking the muscle through the full range of movement, uh, for mechanical tension. Triceps, can't go wrong with some good old tricep dips and close grip bench press. Shoulders, any heavy weight that is controlled and pressed over your head. Simple as that. And as you can see, most of these, what we're looking at is things that we can have the most amount of weight on targeted on that muscle. Um, Back, simple, deadlifts, rows. Most bang for your buck because it's the most volume that you can pull through your back. Um, that includes pull-ups, okay? Definitely includes pull-ups. Calves, leg press, calf raises, and a little bit of a, a weird one, but it's true, cycling. And the reason I put cycling, have you ever seen a cyclist with small calves? There are methods to that madness. Um... Traps, anything that you can shrug, because shrugs are good. Uh, and core, any any core exercise where you can add more resistance is definitely the way to go. Reason being, of course, um, because you can get progressive overload on your abs and you can increase the strength, thus increase the weight. So cable crunches, any kind of... Um, barbell sit-ups, um, lots of different things. I, there's a lot of things that I haven't put in your program, like L-sits, any kind of plank movement, um, any kind of isometric core hold L-sit plank, get better at those and you'll have a stronger core, which will also um, transition to some of your compound movements too. The stronger the core that you have, the better you will have with your movements such as squats, deadlifts um, and bench press as well. Bench press, having a strong core can really, really help um, increase those numbers. So bang for your buck exercises when it comes to your weights. The next one, an interesting concept which I'm, I have done quite a bit actually, is agonist-antagonist sets. And what do I mean by agonist-antagonist sets? Well, it's basically muscles that don't work when others do. For example... When I am working my bicep, my tricep is not being used unless you, you, you know you lift weights like a twat. But um, the benefits of that is the fact that whilst you're working one muscle, the other muscle is resting, 
meaning that you need less rest periods between sets because that agonist muscle is resting while that antagonist muscle is working. An example of this is chest and back. An example of this is biceps and triceps. An, an example of this is chest and quads. And these are why sometimes when you are short of time, it is much better to use these antagonist agonist groups. Because if I'm doing chest and quad supersets, then I probably need less rest period before hitting my chest again. Because I've probably got about 45 seconds rest on my chest while I'm squatting, which probably means I only need 15 seconds, 30 seconds rest before hitting my chest again. And during that time period of hitting my chest, my legs had adequate amounts of time um, to rest. I used to love chest and back sessions when I used to train. I'll tell you a bit of a story. It's quite funny. I used to train um, upper lower supersets with chatty clients. If I had a if I had a client that chats my ear off during a training session, I would make them do upper lower splits because after the second set, this shuts the fuck up because they start to feel a little bit dizzy. Why? Because what happens is when you're pumping blood into a chest and then suddenly you're doing a squat, you're then pumping blood into your legs and it starts to make you feel a little bit dizzy. But it also, it, it causes that person to shut the fuck up. So it's brilliant. So if you are an up and coming personal trainer and you want, if you've got a chatty client, you want to shut the fuck up, ch chest, chest and quad supersets, a couple of those, be nice and quiet. Uh, Grease in the Groove. There's a great, um, fantastic uh, German, Russian guy called uh, Pavel Satsulim. Pavel Satsulim, uh, Google the shit out of him, awesome guy. And what he talks about when it comes to greasing the groove, it's about basically what is called neuromuscular connections. Neuromuscular connections. When you have better neuromuscular connections, you get stronger. Because essentially, as you can progress, you can progress more in a squat when you develop better motor patterns and you get stronger, okay? So how do you do that? Well, there's only so much time that we can spend in the gym, but we can do stuff outside of the gym to get stronger. So I will give you an example of what grease in the groove can do for you. If you are looking to get better at um, at pull-ups, then get yourself a pull-up bar by your office, and every time you pass it, do two pull-ups. Notice that I didn't say ten; I said two. Now, how grease in the groove works is you want to be working a muscle throughout the day without taking it to any kind of exhaustion. Now, if an example for this as well can be push-ups. Yes, we're doing the 50 push-up challenge, but that is very taxing on the body. Also, a lot of people can't keep up with doing 50 push-ups. But if you get into the habit of every time, every hour, or every time that you move from one room to the next, and this is, this is actually something that David Goggins does, David Goggins does as well. If you said to yourself, every door that you pass this week, you've got to do two push-ups before you go through it. A, it's a nice little challenge. B, two push-ups isn't necessarily that difficult. And C, 
compounded over many, many weeks, you're going to see a lot more volume go through your chest. And that grease in the groove is actually going to help you progress with your strength in whatever muscle group that you're looking to do. I recommend this to a lot of people who are looking to grow their calves. If they're looking to grow their calves, you're going to have to grease the groove a lot more. So maybe instead of doing uh, two push-ups every time you walk through a door, every time you walk through a door, do five calf raises. If you And this is a fantastic thing to do. I do grease in the groove day in, day out. I always do. I always smash out push-ups here and there. And once you get into the habit of it, it can be quite fun. And when you start to notice the results that transition into certain exercises, um, it can be fun too. Um, so some great exercises for you to do that with. Um, push-ups, definitely. Pull-ups. Um, and another one, something that I've got in my office and I've had for a long time, and I've just found it again in the garage, which is awesome, is uh, a kettlebell. I've got a 16 kilo iron kettlebell. And what's fantastic for you to get good at doing is kettlebell swings. If you did three to five kettlebell swings four or five times um, a day, you're actually going to have buns of steel. You're actually going to have a better hip hinge and that's going to transition into a lot of things having a better neuromuscular connection with your hamstrings and glutes is going to enable you to fire out of the hole in your squats it's going to enable you to fire up in your deadlifts it's going to be able to help you lunge a lot better and it all starts with having a kettlebell and the great thing about a kettlebell um, especially 16 kilos is you can put it in really awkward places that also remind you to do it. Something that I like to do, um, which you can't see at the moment, but I've got a mat. I've got an exercise mat in the middle of my office. And in order for me to get to my, um, my office chair here, I need to walk over the mat. And that actually triggers a reminder to either do some stretching or do some push-ups or do something on that mat. And it's a kind of that Pavlovian conditioning that really, really helps. So think about this, gents. If you wanted to get better at a particular exercise or get stronger at a muscle or whack more volume in it, start greasing the groove throughout the day. So the next one, uh, get stronger. It sounds like common sense, but common sense isn't always common practice. If your focus is on getting stronger and increasing the weights that you lift week to week, then you will naturally integrate a key fundamental when it comes to muscle building, and that is progressive overload. Progressive overload doesn't have to be complex. Trust me when I say that, it doesn't. It just, it's just making a conscious effort of getting stronger because you're going to inhibit progressive overload just by getting stronger because you are doing the same reps with increased weight and the same workouts. But you're getting stronger. And one of the most interesting things, and I said, look, trust me when I say this, um, is firstly, the new app, Train Heroic, is incredibly perfect for this concept of getting stronger. Why? Because one of the biggest focuses when it comes to Train Heroic is volume. You're able to see how much weight you're putting through a muscle. And guess what? When we're working in two-week rotations, you challenge yourself to put more volume in the muscle the following week. 
thus having progressive overload, but also thus getting stronger. Because one of the biggest disconnects between you lifting weights and actually progressing is remembering what you lifted last week. And the great thing about the uh, Trend Heroic app is you can look at an exercise and you can look back at your history to see what you did last time which actually gives you some confidence in the fact that you lifted it last time, which will actually help you start on the right weight instead of working up to that. And thus, let's say for example, you were thinking of putting nine, like you were thinking of putting 70 kilos on the bench. Okay, you did 70 kilos on the bench, but then you look back at your app and you see that you did 75 kilos. So rather than now starting on 70 kilos, you start on 75. Now, if we're taking that through 10 reps, that's an extra 50 kilos of volume through your chest. If we're looking at that as three sets, we've got 150 extra kilos of weight going through that muscle during one exercise. That compounded over time equals gains because it's all about progressive overload. We're lifting more than we needed to, which is fantastic. And this is why I love Train Heroic because you can look at all these things and it is a fucking awesome app so that is uh, getting stronger uh, don't skip form do not skip form you are better lifting less weight through the full range of movement and not letting your ego take over okay you want to lift weights in the gym not your ego so make sure that your form is perfect make sure that you're taking the muscle for a full range of movement because another key fundamental of muscle building is well two really is mechanical tension and metabolic stress both of which you're going to inhibit better with proper form so the next one is uh, building muscle isn't rocket science so many people get frustrated when it comes to muscle building and very much so it can be fucking slow and painful however if muscle building was rocket science half of those stupid fuckers in your gym wouldn't have any muscle whatsoever you don't need to be a genius to have a great physique you just need to work hard lift heavy weights and that magical thing be consistent so and that's it the reason that guy's got massive arms and chest other than probably taking gear, is the fact that he's in that gym every single fucking day because he loves it. He loves it. He fucking loves it, like we all do. Um, and that is the key to building muscle. Getting in that gym, getting that fucking work done, and making sure that you're staying in there. Which kind of brings me to the most important one, I would say, when it comes to muscle building. This one is most important and it's this gents sharpening the axe so some of you will automatically know straight away what I mean by sharpening the axe and it's the old Abraham Lincoln quote if you gave me six hours to chop down a tree I would spend the first four sharpening the axe and the reason that is is because it's much easier to cut down a tree with a sharp axe just as much as it's easier to be consistent in the gym and lift weights when you don't get injured. So many people focus on not warming up whatsoever so they can hit the weight, then they tweak a muscle, and then they're out of the gym 
for three weeks. When if they just spent 20 minutes every single weight session sharpening the axe in the knowledge that that's going to help them build muscle more because they're going to get less tweaks, they're going to be less prone to injury, and they're going to be more consistent and hence putting more volume into the muscle, then they're going to get more success. So gents, don't skip your warm-ups. Stretch, mobilize. Make sure you're nice and warmed up. Make sure you're ready to rock and roll. The importance of warm-up sets. Making sure that, you know, like, if you have a couple of warm-up sets and you still don't feel warm, get another couple of sets in. Get a, get a skipping rope out. Get warm. Get, you know, jump on the cross trainer five minutes. Get a little bit of a sweat on before you start. Think about synovial fluid in the joints, okay? Greasing those joints up before you're pounding them, okay? And that is the, so, so, so important. Sharpen the axe, okay? Sharpen the axe. And here's one that I've um, put down. Beginners focus on adherence and consistency, not progressive overload. So many beginners are going, oh, I need to do progressive overload, progressive overload. I say, look, if you look at the uh, muscle and strength training pyramid, the biggest pyramid, the biggest landing block and foundation of muscle building is adherence. You're going to get more results from a less optimal program that you're consistently doing than you are with an all singing, all dancing one. And a lot of beginners, what they just need to focus on is doing the basics and being consistent. Don't even look at volume. Just look at getting in the gym and enjoying what you're doing and doing it properly. That's it. Get that habit done first of being in there, turning up and doing the work before you start to go, oh, okay, now I've got that in place. Now I'm consistent. Now I know what I'm doing. Now I've built those habits. Now I can start looking at volume, intensity, and frequency. Don't run before you can walk. Don't sprint before you can crawl. Take it slow. It's so, so important. We all want to do everything. We all want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger now, but it takes time. It's patience. And most of the time, it's taking it back to basics, sticking with the things that work, and just being just patient, okay? And it goes back to what we said. Muscle building isn't rocket science. It's just a few key fundamentals done consistently. Um, and uh, the, the final two, most importantly one, as I've already covered, calorie surplus. Making sure that if you are looking to build muscle that you are eating enough calories consistently. Um, and if you are new to training and you need to drop body fat, that you will be building muscle and changing your body composition as you're in that calorie deficit. So just focus on the things that I've just said when it comes to muscle building. And the last one, gents, and the reason behind the superhero cycles and the community aspect and the fun in it is enjoyment enjoyment get stuck in you'll have weeks where you're like this is fucking shit you'll have weeks where this is fucking brilliant it kind of adds to the enjoyment you're not meant to enjoy every single workout some enjoyment some some you know workouts will be fucking shit you're like that's the worst thing i've ever done but then some will be the best you've ever done and ironically it's usually the ones that the worst you've ever done that produce the best results because the ones that you enjoy doing Sometimes you work harder on, or sometimes it was enjoyable because it was easy. And nothing nothing worth having in life ever came easy. So enjoy what it is that you're doing. And if you enjoy it, you can be more consistent, you can take a more relaxed approach, and you'll get more results. Because you'll chill out, you're like, I've got to do progressive overload, I've got to make sure I get mechanical tension in, I've got to make sure I'm getting enough calories in, I've got to make sure I'm turning up with this, I haven't put enough shoulders in, and you're like, oh, and then you blow up, and you're like, fuck, 
I haven't been to the gym for three weeks. What the fuck am I doing? It's like, just focus on the basics. Be consistent. Get in there and enjoy it. Um, exactly. You can't have the highs without um, feeling the lows first. Or feeling the lies, as Sean said. It's all lies. It's all lies. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know what you meant. So, gents, um, that is it for my muscle building tips. There is some fucking knowledge bombs. Knowledge bomb. Lows and lies, Sean. Lows and lies. Um, kudos as well for your squats, man. Awesome. You and Damien are smashing it with the weights. It's so nice to see beautiful squats with heavy ass weight. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's like poetry. It is. When you see more than three plates on a squat, full range of movement, that is some sexy shit. That is some sexy shit. So keep that shit up. I like it, uh, gents. This will always this will also be transitioned into the Train with Jay podcast. So if you have missed this or have just tuned in, it will be available um, with you tomorrow. Um, I'll be whacking it on. I'll also be uh, whacking the ladies one on that I've just done with Emma because it's a, a really interesting talk. But hopefully you've enjoyed this live, gents. Um, firstly, thank you so much for your questions. Um, secondly, hopefully you're in, enjoying Batman and uh, moving around to the first challenge this weekend. It is the box jump height challenge. So I'm looking forward to seeing some, and I want to see some videos. Uh, video or it didn't count. Okay? If you are going to put a crazy number on your box jump height, make sure that you have a video to back it up. Okay? Carver, how are you? I think that's one thing that I find hard. Um, I must say, it sometimes knocks you back when you see the numbers others put on, and I need to remember to try and enjoy it. Carver, enjoy. You know, we're all on different stage of a journey. Don't compare your your chapter two to someone's chapter ten. That is the most important thing. It is you versus you. You just want to be better than you were two weeks before, and and that's it. And Batman is crazy. Batman's a crazy motherfucker. He's a crazy motherfucker. We got some heavy weights in there. We got some grips. We got some. We got some body carries. We got some awesome shit. And uh, it's only going to get crazier because we've got Flash coming. Flash. Uh. <laughs> so expect. What can you expect from Flash? Well, I'll tell you now. Flash is all about endurance, of course, and speed. So we're going to have some sprints in there. We're going to have some uh, fast work in there. But also, don't expect. Don't literally do not expect anything to be any less than 15 reps. Okay? Don't expect anything less than 15 reps on Flash. That's all I'm saying. Um, so that's it. Um, don't like running. Um, good. Sean, you've got to be out of your comfort zone. You've got to do things that you don't like doing. Some people don't like squatting, Sean. Um, so you'll be the beginner at things where people are the master. And that is a great thing to have. You'll have people putting their fast times, if we're doing that, up, and you'll be there going, fuck, that's good. It's better than me. And it's like, good, because it's getting used to multiple things and getting out of that comfort zone. Um, so, yeah. And also, most importantly, gents, it's you versus you on these things. Remember that. Um, don't forget to be flashing the gym. Well, you never know. You never know. Um, gents, that is it for me. Hopefully um, that was informative. Lots of knowledge bombs dropped. I'll be putting this on the Train With Jay podcast. 